Hey friends, it's Cody Monkman here, and I am so glad that you are listening to the Monday Recap Podcast. Hey, this is a podcast where we don't preach. Our conversations open up more dialogue on Sunday's sermon, tackle current and local faith topics, and upcoming activities at First Christian Church in Clinton, Illinois. You can find this podcast on our website at www.clintonfcc.com or a link to each podcast on our church Facebook page. And again, hey, we are so glad that you are listening to the Monday Recap Podcast. And now, for your Monday Recap. All right. Hey, welcome, friends. You are listening to Episode 5 of the Monday Recap Podcast. And it is Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday, yeah. 3rd. January 3rd. So it's not Monday, it's Tuesday because of the holiday season. That's exactly right. Um, but we are glad that you're listening. Absolutely. Welcome. So, Greg. Yep. Yesterday. Or I give, Sunday. Or, that's right, Sunday. Um, I give a communion meditation on 2 Corinthians 5.17. Yep. And then you get up and you preach and you're like, hey, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Had no idea that you were actually preaching on that. Probably should have asked. You know what we call that? Um, a God, God thing. thing. We do. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone's in Christ, they are a new creation, the old is gone, the new has come, is a great New Year's Bible verse. Mm-hmm. I love the, the, the vision that the Apostle Paul gives to the church at Corinth of you know, you're new when you come to Christ. Hey, let me just be clear before we move forward on this 20-minute podcast. Yeah. I have a cold. Okay. And I'm going to try to control... Any um, abnormal noises. So Sneeze to the right, not to the left. I will try. I'll try that. So, okay. Anywho. Yeah. Um, in your sermon, you talked about some of the, you, well, you listed all the different series we did in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And as I'm listening and you're rattling them off, I was thinking to myself, what, what would be my preacher's favorite one? What was your favorite one? Well, that's hard because there were actually six different series. We did the current issues, the crosswords, the prayer series, Acts, Finding Your Way Back to God, and the quotes of Christmas. Probably my personal favorite would be the crosswords. We looked at the words of Jesus uh, on the cross. According to the gospel writers, we used Erwin Lutzer's book, Cries from the Cross. But like that really stretched me. And I felt like, I don't think Protestants do a great job of helping their church capture all of Holy Week. We're all mm-hmm. about Easter Sunday. We're all about Resurrection Sunday. You know, he's alive, he has risen, praise the Lord. What I loved about that series is it really gave us an in-depth look at all the agony, all the pain, um, the Christ from the cross. Yeah. Hey, question. Yeah. Can you guess which one would have been my favorite? I'm going to guess that Find your way oh, is that right? It is. It Find is. How'd you know? God. How'd you know? I don't know. It just seems like a Cody kind of series. Yeah. Now, I love that. You know why I love that the most? Because we did it with 20 churches. Yeah. You know, it was a multi-church effort. Too often, we can't get along with anyone else, it seems like. And for 20 churches to come together and do the same thing, we had the yard sign. Second year in a row that we've done that. Really cool. I, t- I just love, I've always had a special heart for people who are like the farthest away from church. Yeah, yeah. And finding your way back to God really opened up all those apologetics and things that um, kind of they come with. I got to tell you, I was dreading that series. I really was. Because it's five sermons really based on half a parable. The first half of the parable of the prodigal son. And I thought, that's just not my style. Uh, I want more Bible. I want more text. But it really stretched me, and 
I thought it ended up. I will say this: I loved them all. Every series that we had was two thumbs up from my perspective. The hardest for me, without a doubt, was the prayer series. I'm just, I'm not a good prayer. I have to work hard at being. Prayer. I'm not good at it. (laughs) It is something that does not come natural to me. I'm a talker. Um, I'm a high eye on the disc profile, so I'm a people person, and I have to really work hard at it, but it was good for me. It really stretched me. Well, let me tell you, on the Finding Your Way Back to God, I did like it, Mm -hmm. but it was a challenge for me to look at the same text for five weeks in a row. It was. It really was. Absolutely. Okay. Well, hey, um, last year, or you also um, talked about last year when you uh, had a goal for Kooky Christian Mission. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And you actually kind of casted that idea, that goal of yours, mm-hmm. that vision of yours, last January at right. the beginning of 2016. I had some chuckles when I threw out the goal to raise $25,000. Uh-huh. And, you know, the good news is we ended up raising $50,000 for Kuki thanks to our incredible mission team. Mm-hmm. How did you uh, fall in love with that mission? Well, you know, I've told this story a couple times Um Lun Kim, Dr. Lun Kim, who is 90 years old, asked me on three different occasions to come to India, and I just didn't have a passion to, but one of my best friends in this world is a guy named Tom Segelke, who's the president of the Kooky Christian Church Mission, and he really kind of strong-armed me in the spring of 2014. He said, you're out of excuses. You, you have to go. You have to go. And I guess that would have been the, the spring of 2013. So in February of 2014, I was excited to go and to preach for the convention, but Cody, I had no idea what I was getting into. I really thought India, I just didn't think it was going to be a place where I would find people of passionate Christian faith. And I just realized it's one of the great unsung success stories in the restoration movement, literally all over the world. I mean, 40% in Manipur state are Christian in India. Are you kidding yeah. me? And I just saw the difference that really the vision of one person can make, and uh, I, I wanted to be a part of it. And, you know, I, I, I'm excited to go back in a month. So you uh, you also mentioned several different goals that you have yeah. personally for the church mm-hmm. for 2017. Yep. Um, can you kind of hit on some of those? Yeah, I threw out five that I really want uh, to connect on the congregational level or if you were a visitor on the personal level, one is more, more Bible, increased involvement in regular Bible reading. I'm starting a Bible memory class. My buddy down the road in Lincoln, Mike Malik, has started doing a Friday morning Bible memory class. I don't think we're going to do Friday morning, but we're going to try to get as many people as possible to memorize two scriptures a week. And we're going to do this class as long as people show up. Uh, but just an emphasis in knowing the Word, being in the Word, living the Word, Challenge number two was a greater impact for our community. We did the whole I Heart DeWitt County emphasis you're wearing the shirt today, yep. which is good timing, but I want to take that to a whole nother level. I feel like we just scratched the surface, and I think um, the reality is most Sundays in DeWitt County, about 30% of the folks are in church. That means we've got a 30%? About 30%. Wow. We've got a 70% mission wow. right here. And, um, and we need to love our community. We need to be involved more than ever in our community. Uh, our community has a, a high poverty rate, and we need to be on the, the front lines of addressing that. Now, have you personally mm-hmm. had any thoughts as to what hashtag iHeartDeWitCounty 
could look like in 2017. You got any ideas? Well, I do have some ideas. I don't know that I'm ready to necessarily roll out specific ideas, but I would say this. We want to be on the front lines of saying thank you to the people that roll up their sleeves every day and maybe are not feeling very thanked necessarily. We want to be on the front lines of trying to help. I would call it maybe the, the, uh, the disenfranchised. How can we help them find a better life? How can we help them find ways that they can step outside of the, the struggles that they have? Uh, what can we do to, to better our community? So take us to uh, number three. What's number three um, would be much better assimilation and involvement. About half the people that come to church on a Sunday morning here only come to church on a Sunday morning. They're not in a class, they're not in a study, they're not in a small group, they're not serving in ministry. We attended a conference down in the Louisville, Kentucky yep, area. loved it. Eight different churches that kind of fit the same profile, churches that run 500 or more on a Sunday in communities of 10,000 or less. And as we were debriefing at the end of that two-day conference, every church said the worst thing they do is assimilation. The worst thing they do is involvement. And I want to change that. Now, um, the and term the term assimilation yeah. sounds like something from Star Trek. It does. It um, does. What is assimilation in church context? What I are we talking about here? It's taking someone who's on the outside and getting them on the inside. Taking someone who's at the surface and getting them involved in the very life of the church. My belief is that we probably have 100 to 200 people that can and will serve and be involved in some capacity. But they're not going to show up and say, hey, Cody, here I am, use me. Hey, Cody, here I am, put me in a class or a small group. And we have to figure out how to better take these folks and get them more involved in the life. So you're saying that, of course, you don't have exact numbers, but about half of our church walked through our front doors, sits in a pew, and doesn't ever walk up those steps towards the Family Life Center, the education area. And assimilation is to try to help them get from that side of the building into the other side where there is relational intersection. It doesn't have to be on a Sunday morning, but in some capacity. I mean, your grandma is one of our funeral dinner cooks. She does an incredible job. I bet we have 15 people in our church that could be Norma Statens. Mm -hmm. They could be Kathy Wickenhausers. They could be Clarine Arnold's. But they're not standing up saying, here I am. We have to help get them. You, you want to find people that are gifted in areas and plug them in to use their giftedness so that it becomes a passion for the Lord. I think my grandma's been involved here for about two years. Not long. Yeah, not, not long. long. Not long. And yet she's one of our standbys. You know, we'd yeah. be lost without her. We'd be lost without the Goldie Hedricks, the Clarence yeah. Arnolds, the Kathy Wickenhausers. And that's just one example. I mean, look at all of our ministries. We need people that can drive our vehicles. You know, we need people that can greet the Danny Bundys and the Alan Bells and the Tim Wimpies that greet people at the front door. If it's 10 degrees outside, they park their cars for them. Uh, these guys aren't going to be able to do that forever. We, have, we probably have two dozen men that could do that with excellence. But they're not stepping up saying, here I am. We need to get with them, sit with them, and help them find a place where they can Speaking of Danny Bundy, yeah, he was greeting on Christmas Eve, at uh-huh. least for the 5 o'clock. Yep, yep. And then the next day, he's greeting Christmas morning. He, he's and a I, machine. I cracked a little joke with him. I said, man, you never get a day off, do you? Every church needs a Danny Bundy. Danny Bundy. Every church needs a Tim Wimpy. Danny Bundy. Every Tim church Wimpy. needs an Alan Bell. Absolutely. Keep listening to him. 
Okay. I'm number four. <laughs> well, number four, my fourth challenge was expanded opportunities for spiritual formation development. And I know that sounds like a seminary class, but spiritual formation development is helping people grow in the faith. And sometimes that looks like an expanded prayer life. That may be better knowledge of God's word. That may be diving in and trying to be more involved in fasting or silence and solitude, some of the other spiritual disciplines. I shared that the day before Sunday on New Year's Eve, I went for a 10-mile walk, two-and-a-half-hour walk through uh, the Decatur Bike Trail, Fairview Park to Rock Springs and back. Didn't listen to music, didn't listen to sermons. I just practiced silence and solitude. That's hard for me. Every time I do that, I'm better because of it. Hmm. And then number five, and th this makes people nervous, um, improved financial giving. You know, our church just experienced our worst general fund giving year in the last seven. Wow. And, um, you know, the good news is we're debt-free. The good news is we were able to do next steps, phases two and three, debt-free. But our general fund giving really took a step backwards in 2016. And I know people get nervous when the preacher starts talking about money, but don't forget, Jesus talked about money and material possessions more than any other subject. Of the parables, 16 of his 38 parables, money and material mm -hmm. possessions. And I think I have erred. I think I've made a mistake by not talking more about stewardship and how important that is in the life of a follower of Jesus. And, and we're going to visit that more in 2017. Yeah. Were you... Uh personally a little are you do you get nervous as a preacher when oh, yeah. you tackle the whole money thing i wouldn't say get nervous but i think that for the skeptic or for the person that's been away from the church or from the for the person that's been hurt by the church the number one arrow that they throw is all the church cares about is money and i hear that a lot i really do all you guys care about is money you're all about money and i don't number one that's not the case but I can't divorce stewardship from the life of a disciple. Mm -hmm. So I can't sit down with someone that wants to be a sold-out follower of Jesus and say, oh, don't worry about it. You don't need to tithe. Because the reality is you need to give. Je Jesus was passionate about it. Um, I'm not saying that's the only thing. I'm not saying that's the most important thing. But I, I think that for some people, that's the arrow they throw first, and that's the bad rap that they give the church first and foremost. So should we expect a series on stewardship no. for 2017? Well, in November, we're going to do four weeks on stewardship, and I'm looking forward to that. But we're going to have some focused, I'd call it announcements before that time. We're going to have some challenges before that time. Don't get me wrong. This is a great church. This is a generous church. Our Christmas offerings go into the sheriff's um, heroin task force, and you know we're getting near that $4,000 range, which is just awesome it's an incredible blessing i don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak but um we, we need to be aware of when maybe we're missing the mark and i think on the church level the congregational level we can do better and we need to do better i think it, it's just you know this topic that can be so contentious and sensitive mm -hmm. we got to remember that in this world yeah. money is such a driving force and can really rule our hearts but as believers, we are to be in this world, but not of the world. We're called to a different place. Right. And in that place, money means nothing. Absolutely. And so we got to keep ourselves in check because if we don't, obviously, and right. you know this as a preacher, our hearts can become ruled by that money. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And I'll be honest, I've fallen into that trap a ton. There's 
times that I allow material possessions to drive me much more than they should. And, you know, too many people work, how am I going to pay this bill? How am I going to afford this car? You know, am I going to be able to pay the mortgage? I mean, Christians have those fears at times, but the reality is really trusting that, that God truly will provide. Bob Phillips, my preacher growing up, you know, drew up on the illustration to me multiple times in a sermon that the first check they would write every month was to the church. Mm. And that's always stuck with me. And I can remember when Marla and I were surviving together on a $19,000 a year salary. That's not very much money. Wow. First check we wrote was to the church. And, you know, it's funny, that check was a lot easier to write. That, you know, you grow up and you make more money, and yeah. that check's a lot bigger than you're writing uh -huh. that type check. But um, just practicing that discipline that saying, God, more than anything else, first fruits go to you. It's a great life lesson. Hey, can I just say that as you're using the term check, Yep. As a millennial. I know. Um, online giving. <laughs> online giving. Um, no joke. I had to teach Emily how to balance a checkbook. Yeah. If she's listening to this, she'll yeah. probably kill me that I mentioned Emily, that. please do. Give him a hard <laughs> Please do. Hey, I got a question for you. I got to turn the tables on oh, you. Oh, man. What's up? Give me the puppy update, dude. Uh, She is sleeping all night long. Is this Rory? This is Rory. So you didn't go with Rizzo? We did not. Okay. That would have been a great name. It's going gonna, it's gonna to come up all the time, right? No, just like just like, just like year. I don't think Emily has heard one of your sermons without mentioning the Chicago Cubs. I'm sorry. It's literally every week, and so Rizzo you and mean the, the puppy. World Series champion Chicago Cubs. Just, <laughs> just, oh, now it's about. on the podcast. I'm All right. Sorry. I'm um, no, no, puppy. She's doing great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Going to the bathroom outside. Now there have been a few times where um, she's made a little accident while looking at us too. Yeah, kind of like I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. How old's the dog? Uh, eight weeks, okay. maybe nine weeks. Okay. Yeah, she's starting to get big. And it's a labradoodle. Labradoodle. And for those in uh, podcast land that don't know what that is, <laughs> what's a labradoodle? Well, it's a, a pure labradoodle, okay. if you can even say such a thing. It's 50% okay. lab, 50% poodle. Okay. Rory is actually three quarters lab and okay. a quarter poodle because. How big? Um, we were told she'll get about 45 pounds. Okay. So not like, so, uh, cause most labs are in the 90. 80 to 90. Yeah. Okay. So cool. Yeah, about half, awesome. half the size. Well dude, congratulations. Thanks. I'm happy <laughs> okay. So yes, real quick, mm -hmm. who's preaching this coming Sunday? This Sunday I'm up and we're looking at the mission of the church. Uh, the mission of the church has always been to glorify God, win the lost, teach the saved. We've refined it in terms of verbiage. And uh, now three kind of key takeaways, love God, build the church, reach the world. So I'm going to talk about that. And then on the 15th, Adam will be preaching his final sermon at FCC, mm. a message I can't wait to hear entitled Following Your Calling. And then we're going to honor Adam and Karen Rice during the Bible School Hour on the 15th. Cool, cool. Yeah. Two things. Yep. You talked about changing the verbiage. Mm -hmm. Can you just give a little teaser as to why the verbiage was changed? Well, I think we were looking at core values, and I think we were wanting to maybe modernize. I would use the Wheeze illustration. Wheeze changes their box all the time. The cereal's been the same for 100 years. And so the mission is still the same, but maybe try to modernize you know, how, how people hear it. And it also tied into our core values. We've come up with 10 core values, and each core value is kind of connected with either loving God, 
or building the church or reaching the world. And we're going to preach through all ten. I think you're going to cool. preach one of the core values, aren't you? I am. So yeah, I am. I can't remember I don't know what you're up, but pick up a broom. Yeah, I love it. That's buddy. it. I love it. Serve. Service. Service. Yeah, absolutely. So and then uh, as far as Adam and departing, I want to remind everyone that we did a special episode. Um, I don't remember if episode four, maybe yeah. episode four, it's on the, uh, it's website. online. Yep. yep. On the out. website. Check it out. Um, I think people will really enjoy hearing, um, what's been stirring in Adam's heart and, Amen. uh, what, what he will miss with FCC moving forward. So well yeah. Well All right. Well, Hey, you are listening to episode five of the Monday recap podcast. And again, you can find this on our, uh, church website www.clintonfcc.com and our church facebook page if you listen and you love it you should totally share it on facebook share it, baby. help us build that audience base all right folks have a good week and we will see you next week